0: Some bad news on the injury front for the Bucks, and it doesn't involve Jameis Winston, although it might eventually. And Thursday could be the last day for Jimbo Fisher at FSU. All that and lightning back in action on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Hey, everybody. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Our producer is Steve Versnick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And Rick, some bad news for the Bucks. A couple of major injuries that likely will have a major impact for the rest of the season, I would imagine, with a couple of guys up front getting hurt.
1: Yeah, really bad for the Bucks. Um, You know, they lose, I would say, arguably, the two best offensive linemen this year anyway. Ali Marpet, their center, of course, and uh, and DeMar Dotson, who, uh, you know, I think was probably having, you know, one of his best years, certainly his best year under Dirk Cutter since he's been here. Uh, both those guys go down to in knee injuries that we saw them have uh, happen in, in Atlanta. They both finished the game. DeMar told me that he has a uh, a torn PCL. I'm not sure what the, the extent of the knee injury is with Allie. Neither guy will need surgery, which is the good news. But um, both injuries will, uh, you know, are somewhere six to eight weeks, and so that that takes him out of out of this season. So with Jameis Winston's return, now playing behind uh, a much lesser offensive line,
0: much lesser offensive line. We'll get into to the details of that. But Jameis did throw on Wednesday. And it appears that uh, he's all good to go. He took all the reps, right, Rick? And uh, and he's the, the, the plan for now is he's all set to go for Sunday, right?
1: Uh, he's going to be their starter against the Packers, as we mentioned. And, um, you know, he, uh, according to Dirk Cutter, you know, any player who, you know, is a skilled player that handles the football, there's going to be some timing issues. Um, of course, the biggest timing issue is, is that he came back when two of his <laughs> offensive linemen are hurt, but yeah. uh, I think that, you know, he said he wasn't, you know, he wasn't great the first day, but...
2: Well, we're still taking it day to day, but, he, you know, he he took uh, the majority of the reps out there today, threw the football fine, his arm strength was fine, Uh you know, I don't think any, any guy that plays a skilled position like that that where timing is involved is going to take three weeks off and be perfect on the first day, but uh, we'll, we'll see how the week goes.
1: Well, according to doctors, he's in no more danger of, of hurting that shoulder than if uh, any other time during this season, if he had started the year or what have you. So we'll see if that's the case, but um, definitely going to be the starter at Green Bay. And, you know, hey, uh, we've talked about this before. It's, it's important, I think, um, the Bucks think it's important for him to play. And, and play well, although I'm amazed, Tom. I mean, you know, it's probably not a scientific poll or anything, but I am amazed at the number of people who, in particular, after today when they heard the news of Marpet and Dotson not being on the offensive line, saying, "Shut him down."
0: I would say, uh, I would say, I wouldn't shut him down yet, but I would see what that offensive line looks like, Rick. I would go that far. I would say that if offensive line starts looking like a, like a piece of Swiss cheese, and he's constantly running for his life back there, isn't there some at least? Don't you give at least a thought of shutting him down if that offensive line is just going to be horrible the rest of
1: the season? Well, I, I I take issue with the fact it's going to be horrible. I mean, all I know and, and look, this guy's not a good player, but he, he's been active all season except for last week. You know, Joe Hawley played and started pretty much two years. The first two years, Jameis Winston was a quarterback. Right. I don't remember Jameis missing a game. Um, so he's going to take over for Ali Marpet. He's got fresh legs for what it's worth. He's so only played, only been active in one game, and that was last week in Atlanta. And then, you know, at right tackle, look, you know, I look at it this way. You know, DeMar Dotson was very, very good, and he's a nine-year veteran, so you can't replace a guy with that. You can't replace his experience. But having said that, I mean, each team has, you know, a couple tackles, uh, a couple people at each position. So you're one of 64 best players in the world right now, uh, whether it's Kalen Bet- Caleb Beninocht or if they move Kevin Pample or whatever they decide to do. And you can also, you know, you can help the guy out. You can put a tight end over there. You can, you know, you can uh, use running backs to chip on some pass rushers, whatever you have to do. I mean, that's that's part of the puzzle now that they have to solve, but I think this, you know, this idea that oh well they lost, you know, this player on the offensive line, um, nothing to play for. Let's shut down the quarterback is absurd.
0: I think if I had a quarterback who was a well-established quarterback, let's say Ben Roethlisberger, and he was coming back from an injury, and your team was four and seven and not going to make the playoffs, or if you had a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think, a more established veteran, Ben Roethlisberger would be a guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, for example, would be a guy. Um, Alex Smith, people like that, where you knew, okay, you know what you have and he's not gonna it's not gonna hurt him or not gonna stunt his growth in any way to sit it down for the last five or six weeks of the season. I would agree, I would agree, you should probably shut him down at that point. I think Jameis still has some work to do. I still think he's still trying to develop into a a, a quality NFL quarterback, an elite NFL quarterback, if you think that's where he's headed. And he needs all the reps he can get. I agree with that. But I'm also telling you, Rick, I would watch this thing closely, and if this offensive line is not good the rest of the season and you're not playing for anything, I'm not sure I keep throwing them out there, especially if the if the shoulder isn't absolutely
1: 100%. Well, again, um, and we had this conversation with Dirk Cutter today.
2: If you're healthy, you play. It's all around the league. And then, again, the the risk factor, okay, the risk factor uh that's there every week at every position, and so when your medical staff clears any player for any injury to play, they're not going to clear them. The player's, uh, the player's health is always the number one thing for every football team, but if a player is at no more risk than whatever normal risk is, and in the NFL that's substantial, then they're going to play. That's what they're paid to do.
1: You know, you can only go by what what you're being told, uh, and, and you know, these guys are not doctors, but you know, if you're a football player, and no one is 100%, first and foremost, after, the, after you play your first preseason game, really. So, you know, again, I, I don't think that structurally they're, they're, they're fearful of him hurting himself beyond what he would hurt himself at any point in any season. Um, so, you know, it, it's an inherently dangerous sport. So if you're saying, well, you know, even a healthy quarterback, I don't want him out there um because the games mean nothing and I don't trust the offensive line, that's I guess, suppose that's one thing. But in this instance, I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, short of teams that have clinched early and decide to rest players and don't want to expose them and there's debate about whether that's a good idea right cause I've seen it backfire. Sure. I, I think you can earn your way to taking it to taking a game off or you know, you've seen it in the case of the New York Giants with, you know, I don't know why they want to look at Geno Smith, but they've decided they're moving on, obviously, from Eli Manning. So, you know, with nothing to play for, they they feel the need to look at some young players. Jameis Winston's going to be their quarterback. I mean, we're not even debating that. I can't remember a situation where, you know, you just say, eh, that's enough. We don't want to, we don't want him to play. I mean, you're, again, you're paid to play. And Networks pay big rights fees and fans pay big ticket prices and I don't care about
0: any of that. I don't care what you the sh- networks well, are. Well you should. Well Why you should Why should I? That's not but that's my franchise quarterback. I it's care a I care about what it, I care about what NBC's ratings are. It's a business. CBS.
1: You should. You had me until then.
0: Now you're negotiating
1: you're negotiating with those team those those networks all the time.
0: What do I? I mean, then why? Then why? What do I care? What ABC's paying for games? If because I, if they're it's the my ones that's paying you. Because they're but it's paying my your franchise salaries. quarterback. So I'm going to throw. there? That's a your monitor. business model. So I'm going to throw there so John Gruden gets a raise. That's
1: well. Crazy. Show. Tell me an example of somebody that got that got benched because they were afraid. They were out of the playoffs, and they were afraid their offensive. I'll line give you an example:
0: fourth preseason game. Nobody plays the fourth preseason game. They Why? don't count. It, it does. This, these they games don't count. Don't count, they, for all the count. they all they count. They all count. You're telling me it's these games matter season. for the box?
1: Yes. The la- no, they tell don't Dirk count. Tell Dirk Cutter it doesn't matter, or Okay, that it so
0: count. now it's about Dirk Cutter's job. Now we're trying. No, to see it's Dirk about job.
1: everybody's job, and it's about performance. It's about being a professional. You're supposed to go out there with your guys and play. Where do you want? Okay, so we're not going to play Levante David either. No, we're not going to no, play Gerald McCoy. About, no. We're not going to play Quan Alexander. You're we're not going to play, play Deshaun Jackson. You're telling, Why, me those the value,
0: you're telling me those guys are as valuable as Jameis Winston
1: on the they mean on as, the deep. They mean as
0: much. They mean as much to this organization as Jameis Winston does.
1: No, they don't. But it's not that. It's not that difference. I mean, it's the same mentality to me.
0: My my thing is he's the most important franchise. He's the most important player you have. Jameis is the most important player you have. And if I'm out there the last few games of the year and they mean nothing and this offensive line stinks, I'm not risking him getting hurt. But it's not because gonna, I'm it's trying a, to save it, because I'm it's trying it's not to entertain stink people.
1: though. I mean, I, I don't know why, you know, why does everybody think it's going to be awful because you lost two players? Because it's mean, two fifths of your starting line line. Listen to me. There there's been teams that have lost all their offensive linemen in this league and their quarterbacks are still starting and still playing, and some of them are winning. Oh, it, that's, I mean, that's fine. If you're winning and you're in, the, and these games matter, fine. Don't
0: tell me these games matter. They don't. They the Bucks. This don't. These don't matter. To Dirk, they, they do. Sure. But if you're if you're if they go in here, Rick, if they lose the next three games and they go into the last two games of the year, and the offensive lines beat up and they get beat up even more, there's a chance somebody else could get hurt. You're telling me you keep throwing Jameis Winston out there if he's getting sacked five, six times a game. That's if, crazy. You play,
1: if you want to play Ryan Griffin in Week 17 against uh, whoever they played, New Orleans, I think, um, and and everything's wrapped up for everybody, and New Orleans is probably sitting there, guy, at that point, I'm fine with it just to see what Ryan Griffin can do. I, no, I love
0: but, that but idea. But the,
1: the way people are talking, it's as if are they out of their freaking minds playing Jameis Winston in Green Bay, Wisconsin? This season is over at 4-7. and seven. By the way, mathematically, and I don't think it's very realistic, but you could get to nine and seven, and you don't know what's going to happen then.
0: I'm not ready. To, no, I I don't think it's crazy that you put them out there on Sunday against Green Bay. I I don't I don't think it's that crazy. Let's see what this line looks like. Could turn out to be fine, like you mentioned. They've have. It's not like Joe Holly has never played before, but I do think there comes a point this season where if they are out of it and and the offensive line doesn't look good, then I would seriously consider. Now, if they're playing fine and even if they're not winning games, I would still think about putting putting Jameis out there, but I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan Griffin at some point, be, just to see what we have. Guys never taken a regular season snap, has he?
1: No, they'd like to get him a snap, but they said they're not going to force it. In other words, I, I, I mean, like I said, I suppose if you got to the last week of the season and you, you know, neither team really cared who they played or who they were playing, and and you didn't care, um, no one's going to go to the game. Obviously, I think it's, I think it's at home. Um yeah. Then you, yeah could, you could, you could, you could trot him out there or, just, just I mean, to Orleans, get him reps, yeah. but. Again, I I I'm pretty sure about this. I I think that if Jameis, is, you know, stays healthy, um I don't expect him to be, you know, a, just a complete you know, I I don't think it's going to look like some people fear it's going to look like we're, you know, every play he's under siege. <laughs> it's, it's just I a mean, mad
2: rush. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean
1: here's the thing. I mean it's it's, it's you, know, you lost two really good players and there's your starters. Yeah. But again, you're not, you know, everybody on that football team is a professional, and it, and, it, and it was picked. There's only 53 of them on each team. There's only 1,700 in the world. So, I mean, if you're not good enough to hold up and play, um, you might not be all pro, or you might not be as good as, you know, seen as much as DeMar Dotson or, or what have you. Look, I, I watched Goster Cherlis, okay, who retired after last year, come in against Dallas, and that was a situation where I feared for Jameis' well-being, and I love Goster, but nobody expected, well, you know, you got a professional that's played a lot of football. He should be fine. I mean, it isn't always, you know, just because you haven't heard of Kalen Benenocht or we haven't seen him play, you know, sometimes that's – everybody in football gets their start or gets their, their opportunity when someone else either gets hurt or gets fired. So I, I'm willing to see how it goes, but I, I don't think that there's anybody at one-buck place that's saying, Jameis doesn't know how to get out of harm's way. He doesn't know how to protect himself. We can't do some things. It's not going to be pretty, but – I I still think that it's important for him to play for all the reasons we've talked about. I just these I'm telling you, I got so much so many uh, and I know who's drum, you know beating the drum so to speak. There's a lot of a lot of people that you know kind of have a cult following of, of 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 certain people that think that this is a good idea. But I'm here to tell you it's it's professional football. And Dirk I mean Dirk said what every coach I've ever talked to said, which is Look, we get we sign up for 16 of these, you know, owners, you know, when, when Jay Glaze, this would be an ownership decision, much like it was with Eli Manning. I mean, you couldn't just sit Jameis down and say, we want to protect them unless the owner said, why are we doing this? And I think this is a good idea. Or, you know, they're going to games too, expecting to see their product and expecting it to be a good product because they got to sell it next year. So I, I just don't think it's as it doesn't happen in pro football is what I'm saying.
0: Uh, no, and I get all that, and and like I said, I, I for this Sunday, if he's ready to play, you put him out there, absolutely.
1: He's, yeah, he's going I out do, there.
0: I do think though, there comes a point where you do have to at least consider it if you're so far out of it, and they and lose four. A, it become, I might. It becomes I might agree a dangerous situation where it looks like, boy, this offensive line is so bad. I don't know that they'll get there. I don't know that we'll get to a point where it's so bad that you actually fear for Jameis Winston. But if it does, then I wouldn't hesitate to pull him out of there. But. Until then, until until we see otherwise, yeah, you have to put them out there because a, you're right, Rick. They win the rest of their games. They go nine and seven. Do I think they're going to win the rest? No. No. But you can't give up like 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 you have no chance of winning those games. Well, and I and, and I mean, and B, as you mentioned too, or two is, is Dirk Cutters. Dirk Cutters trying to win football games to save his ass at this point.
1: And they all are. I mean, look, uh, these guys. You know, the thing that people forget, I guess, is that it's you know it's a as much as it's a business, and you have to protect your business and your your quarterback or whatever, you know, players Players want to play. And, I mean, they've been playing this game since they were, you know, eight and ten years old, and they've gotten hurt before, and then they come back the next year and they play. And they don't look at it. You know, if you were worried about getting hurt, you'd never, you'd never put on a helmet. Right. Um, so, I mean, there is an inherent danger that they all sort of it's live football. with.
0: It's football, yes. It's I get
1: football, that. and it's yeah. a game. It's not like they enjoy doing this. You know, it's not um, – I, don't, I can't really equate it to anything else because there's nothing really quite like it, but they're, they are performers, and when, when it gets to be Sunday at 1 o'clock or whenever they're playing, you know, they want to go on stage and perform. It's, it's not that different in some ways, or totally different than, than an entertainer or a Broadway play. You know, just because maybe you have an understudy for the lead, that doesn't mean the other actor is going to take the night off.
0: Well, you also have to, you sort of have to have the mentality. I'm sure they had this mentality. If you really thought about it, Rick, if you got up every morning and really thought about, I'm about to get into a, a 2000 or what. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. ever a 1,000-pound car and drive 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour down a road with four lanes and everybody else is doing the same you would never get in a car say that's that's the craziest idea i've ever heard i would never drive a car anywhere that's because right. it's crazy you might get hurt uh football players don't think that way you don't think that no. way when you get in your car and drive to work in the morning and, that's right and uh and football players don't think that that they're going to get hurt um anyway uh something to think about here in the next couple of days but certainly i'm all on board with with James playing this sunday rick thursday could be the last day jimbo fisher is the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles? This thing has gone south in a hurry. Wednesday night, I don't know if you saw this. He had his radio call-in show. I did. And they have. They also have, besides taking calls, and Jean, Mean Gene Dekaroff has hosted the thing. <laughs> Poor Mean. was so Gene. uncomfortable. And uh and, and they also have a studio audience, and they have a microphone, and guys can go up on a microphone, and somebody asked. Jimbo Fisher.
2: Where's the loyalty to the
1: park, Jimbo? Oh. <laughs> it's here tonight on Wednesday, Michael.
0: Let me ask you, Rick, and because I, I go back and forth on this, Jimbo Fisher, he's, he's being offered a lot of money, it would appear, to go to Texas A&M. Do you blame a guy for leaving because he's about to get really paid buy a school that and, – and not get paid by his current employer. So if you say, where's the loyalty? Well, where's, where's FSU's loyalty? I guess I at the end of the day, I don't think I have a problem with Jimbo leaving.
1: Look, I, I would be loyal to my family, to my bank account, and uh, maybe my church. But I, I will say that I think Florida State's tired of it. And I, I, sure, I just yeah. think – I think that, you know, it's LSU one year. Um, you know, he, he got into it a little bit with the fan base. We talked about this the other night. I, I really think that college football is, is going to become the NFL uh, or as fast. And the money is so big, and these buyouts are weird. I don't, I don't exactly know how they work, to be honest with you. I don't know who's getting the money and who's giving it, but they're enormous amounts. And, and it just seems that, you know, unless you're Nick Saban and you're winning, and even Nick, you know, had the wandering eye to Texas that one time because, you know, you become the victim of your own success, and you just have to have a change of scenery. Now Jimbo might have some personal things going on that it makes sense to do it now. Um but but clearly they've both tired of each other and I think I just don't think you're going to get, you know, the Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler's anymore or Joe Paterno's that are going to stay in one place even if it's a destination school. Um so it's unfortunate but this looks like a divorce to me.
0: It does look like a divorce and I think you're right both schools both our, our parties are tired of one another on one hand you got Jimbo who is flirting with people every year I don't blame him. People are calling you up and it's, it's flattering. And sometimes you get a little stale at the place you're at. And especially this year when you have a rough season and then you got fans challenging you as you're walking off the field. And you're right on the other side, I think FSU's tired of the whole thing. It's like, look, are you staying or going? It happened a few years ago, Oklahoma, I think got tired of Bob Stoops kind of playing footsie with people all the time and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, look, just pick, are you staying or going? And Bob Stoops at the time says, okay, I'm staying. Uh, Jimbo would not give them that commitment. Texas A&M, though, offering $8 million a year, which is a lot more. I think he's making about five point seven at Florida State. Now, here's the other thing. Florida State can go back to him, too. And, and I understand why they feel a little jilted by it, saying, we've given you everything you've ever asked for, including a bunch of raises. I mean, five point seven is a lot of money to be paying a football coach. And we've given you all the facilities. We've, we've done everything that you've asked us to do. And you're still talking about going? Go ahead and go. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's where FSU's gotten to. Um, so now – where does FSU turn? Because the name that keeps coming up, Rick, is Willie Taggart. And I don't know why I feel this way, but I don't like the idea. Mm-hmm. Something about Willie feels like it's not right, although you look at his recruiting. I think he's got – I think his latest re- recruiting class, to Oregon, I think he's got 10 kids from the state of Florida. I mean, you can if you can pull 10 kids out of Florida to go to Oregon, imagine what you could do when you're asking them just to play up the road in Tallahassee. So I imagine he's a, he's a tremendous recruiter, but I don't – It just feels like it's just too meteoric of a rise. He went from almost being fired just a couple years ago at USF to now all of a sudden you're going to give him the FSU job. It seems like a big jump.
1: I can remember a certain coach telling me that USF was too big for Willie Taggart, and at the time I almost agreed. Um, He did get a quarterback that won a bunch of games, and then that got him to Oregon. As far as pulling guys out of Florida to go to Oregon, I mean – I think Oregon's cool. I mean, they got all the uniforms, you know, and there's
0: oh, yeah. probably Mikey,
1: hundreds you know of thousands of players in Florida. You can surely get a couple to go to Oregon. Um but you're but right. I, I mean ten, that's a lot though. Well, I mean, but out of all the recruits in the at in the state of Florida, ten?
0: I bet you're I mean, I I mean you are they all five, five star? Ever, I mean I don't know. I, well, I don't know, but I I think it's clear that he knows how to recruit Florida. That's that's well, that's, that's seems what to he, be the bottom. I mean, look
1: line. that yeah. yeah, I mean that's where his connections are, right? He grew up in Manatee. Right. I mean that's He's been recruiting Florida, whether no matter where he's been. So, if you know the high school coaches, if you know the area, it's smart to come here because this is a reservoir of talent. This Texas, Florida, California. But um, the the thing I I agree with you about Willie Taggart. I I see, you know, I see a couple good seasons, one really good season at USF that got him all the way to what I thought was a. You know, destination job at Oregon, and then after one year, uh, someone like Florida State's wanting you to come back home to the sunshine. Uh, that is a that is a big rise. That's a meteoric rise. And you know, the other part of that is is that he was, um, you know, an offensive coach predominantly. That's that's his side of the ball, and yet he's from the you know the Jim Harbaugh you know sort of pro style offense where they run the ball like Stanford. Um, and, you know, he had to adapt and hire people to do the spread offense and, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So I, I don't know that that, you know, Willie has, you know, merits this kind of consideration. But I also don't know who the other candidates might be. I mean, well, just... the
0: other candidates that have come up, Justin Fuente's name keeps coming up. Sure. the Virginia Tech coach. And then uh, and then after that, it's like Charlie Strong is a name that people have thrown out there. Uh, the guy from Purdue. Uh, has been thrown around, and then and then Lane Kiffin's name seems to always come up with everybody, including, by the way, the Tennessee job, which we'll get back to in just a little bit here. But Taggart, and maybe this isn't a fair statement to make, Rick, but I wonder where Willie Taggart would be if Quentin Flowers had never been born. I have this sense that Quentin Flowers is not, is not only going to get Willie Taggart a couple of good jobs, he might get Charlie Strong another good job. and uh, And I just... Boy, I'm, I would be a little nervous about Florida State. I, I just sense that this job is too a little too big for Willie. But I, I don't know if he can recruit. I guess that's all that matters. But,
1: and yet I'm I'm wondering too, though, Tom. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I'm, but also, you know. Would Bill Belichick have been a success if he hadn't come to New England and Tom Brady, you know, was there? I mean, no, you know, nobody liked point. him. In, nobody liked him in Cleveland when he had Vinny Testaverde. So <laughs>
0: it's a fair point. I mean, he went and he found Quentin Flowers and he played him. Uh, yeah, you get you you, you get credit. Player, the guys you got, you know, Jimbo had James. If you could make the same, I'm sure you could say, well, what where would Urban Meyer be without Tim Tebow, and where would uh, Jimbo would without
1: Jameis Winston?
0: Jimbo without Jameis Winston, and 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 on and on and on. I I, I, get, I get all that, but. Boy, it just seems like he went from in a flash from Western Kentucky to USF to almost getting fired at USF. I had a call. I have a column in, a, in my computer that's sitting in front of me, of that I, I was told to get ready for Jimbo or for uh, for Willie Taggart to be fired, and we might have to run it Saturday after a game. I think they were playing Memphis or somebody, and they won that game, and then they end up winning five out of six, and he saved his job. But he was one bad quarter away. <laughs> From getting fired, Tom. And we talked to him every players. Tuesday.
1: Yeah. We talked to him every Tuesday when we had a, had a morning show, and I mean, it was like you dreaded it because you did. There wasn't anything good to say. You were like, uh, "Okay, coach, well, go get him, You know, maybe yeah. this week. You know, it was right. You, you just never felt like this thing was going to turn, and then it turned, and it turned behind Quentin Flowers. Willie Tiger could be your next uh, Florida State coach. Meantime, Tennessee
0: can't find a coach, Rick. This is the craziest thing I've I've ever seen, and it appears like many of the coaches in the country have turned on Tennessee. They don't like the way Greg Shiano got treated. Now, maybe Greg Shiano wasn't the right fit for that job, but I don't have a problem with the fan base rising up and saying, you know what, we really don't like this guy. But I think the whole thing with you know the whole Jerry Sandusky thing being dragged into it and and Tennessee really backing down at that point – and putting Greg Shiano in the back, this is embarrassing to Greg Shiano. It may hurt him getting future jobs. But I think a lot of people now and a lot of coaches, apparently Mike Gundy, they offered to double his salary. He says, you know, I don't I don't think I want to work. He didn't say this publicly, but the sense is no one wants to go work for this for this school and for this fan base because of how crazy they acted over the Shiano stuff.
1: Yeah, and I get that. I, I think they'll find somebody, obviously. But um, there was another, I think, mishap where – I could be wrong about this but the, a, the AD thought he, you know, was offering one salary and um you know, came back and found out he, he that wasn't the right money. I mean, they're doing everything they can to screw this up. <laughs> so, I mean, it might be a situation where they end up having to fire the AD and start over again with with whatever they plan on. But doesn't it sound does not it seem to you like a Tennessee guy is going to go back to Tennessee, whether that's T Martin who's never been a college head football coach or somebody like that that has some ties to the, to the university, but I mean that's that's sort of the way I would I would go at this point. I, I I don't know who, you know, and you made a good point when we were talking earlier that the coaching community uh is still a small community and sure. you know, it, it, you know, they all sort of are rallying around this too and saying, you know, hey, uh you know, you, you got to respect sort of what happened to one of our colleagues and 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 if 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 possible try not to deal with these people because you know, they've demonstrated that they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And as
0: far as the fan base goes, and I know it's easy to pick on Tennessee right now because they had this sort of this mob mentality and it it came out in full force and it gave Tennessee a bad look, but I'm going to tell you this right now, Rick, it replaced the name Tennessee with any other big time school in the country. And it wouldn't surprise me. Everybody acts this way, whether it's Alabama fans or Auburn fans or Ohio state fans or Penn state or Michigan, they're all crazy. All these fans are crazy. And I Tennessee is, is obviously we've we've pulled back the curtain on what's going on there, but th- this happens everywhere it happens everywhere and it's gonna happen in Florida State I what I was talking to somebody the other day about how they feel about Jimbo Fisher from now on oh I hate Jimbo if he leaves I hate him never root for me like, God won you a national championship brought you a Heisman Trophy winner uh, they don't care you know it's it's just they're irrational everybody's irrational lighting sure. back in action lightning back in action on uh Wednesday night, Rick, okay, let me ask you this. Get off to this incredible start uh, for the for the 2017-18 season. And now they've hit a little bump in the road. So is it a bump in the road or a reason for concern? Because they end up losing to Boston 3-2 on uh, on Wednesday night. And it was a bad performance. They're lucky to have even been in this game. Uh, they should have lost this game probably about 8-2 and ended up 3-2. They almost end up stealing a point they played for about the last 3 minutes of the second period and then most of the third the first half mm-hmm. of that game though they were completely dead they've now lost 4 of 6 i believe it is, since that incredible start so is it a hiccup or a reason for concern about the way they're playing
1: um i'd be concerned if i were john cooper i mean i you know like you said if not for if not for Vasilevsky, I mean, they got outshot nineteen to five, I think, in the first period. So it
0: was thirty-two to twelve at one point in the second period.
1: Yeah, I mean, they 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 could have easily lost, you know, ten to something, um, and as it was, they almost stole a point. But that's that's how great they they can be when they want to play. I also think that, um, and they made a, they made a point in this during the telecast that, you know, teams are going to come out and, and and they understand how skilled they are and how fast they are, and, and particularly in the first period, you know, they're going to swarm, and they mm-hmm. kind of did that, and then. You know, I think if you jump out to a 15, 2 and two record as they did, um, everyone everyone knows that you could embarrass them and they've, they've got to come to play every night and it was the second night of a back to back. Now I've given you all the reasons why they shouldn't panic. Um, and I, I don't know that panic is a word but because if Veleski's still between the pipes, they're good. They're fine. Um, but but it is sort of a reset. I mean, it's hard to fathom that they're as good as what they started. I mean, no team Correct. can maintain that pace, and especially the scoring they got from that front line. I mean, that was not going to continue.
0: It was not going to continue, and we've seen here the, the last – six games that uh, that they need some help. They need some secondary scoring. And and Tyler Johnson, I thought, played one of his better games. He mm-hmm. can't buy a goal at this point. I think he's gone mm-hmm. now 14 or 15 games without a goal. That's where you're – when you're struggling like this, this is where you need your other guys like Tyler Johnson, like Cedric Paquette, who, by the way, should have been <laughs> kicked out of that game once. Oh, that was a dirty hit. Um, Ryan Callahan, people like that, Andre Palat, Guys that not may not necessarily be your top scores, but those are guys that that should show up every night because those are your grinders, your hustle guys, uh, energy. Their energy should never be dead. You know, I, I right. get it sometimes with the Stamkoses and the, and the Kucherovs that and the Nomestikovs. Sometimes those guys are going to have nights where they're either they're just worn out or they've played so much that, that you end up. Um, you end up you're going to have some dog games out of them occasionally, but you can't have those games from from the Chris Kunitzes and the Ryan Callahan and people like that. Um, and the defense, you know, it was funny that game Wednesday night, Rick. There was a moment early in that game where I thought, boy, if I if I'm John Cooper, I I take Vasilevsky out at the end of the first period. It would, mm-hmm. it would have been my attitude. Okay, you guys are going to play Were like dog, help
1: this guy. Okay, yeah, you're going yeah. to play
0: like dog crap in front of him. You're not going to help. Him? And also, as you mentioned, Rick, they got to start least monitoring how much they're playing Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, sure. And look for opportunities to get him out of games. I would have taken him out at the end of the first period. I'll tell you why John Cooper doesn't, because you end up almost winning a almost game. We're still team, at a point, yeah. yeah. But it's, I think it's – I'm with you. I, don't, I think it's a little more than a hiccup right now, although six games, a six-game stretch where you lose four of them and you could have probably won a couple of them is no reason to panic. But it is reason for concern, and I think it, it'll give uh, John Cooper some some interesting video lessons here over the next few days. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast, NFL Straub at Tom W Jones. Once again, our thanks to our producer Steve Versnick. The next time we talk to you, we'll get you ready for a big weekend of football. Not only do the Bucks go up to uh, Green Bay to take on the Packers. And Jameis Winston returns, but we have a slate of college football championship games. And by the end of the weekend, we'll figure out who is in that that college football playoff. So all that coming up on our Football Friday edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. We'll talk to you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.